for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right. I am blue, you are bright and shiny in my mind You got me loving, hating crazy indecision in my mind Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blasey. Welcome to the Fall Podcast, I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and... With us, as always, Justin Fabian, coming from Des Moines, and today's a good one. It's yeah. a returning guest, Joel Burrow, man. Yeah, what Mr. Venison Gaines himself, uh, <laughs> whitetail fit, man. He's he's an animal. He's uh, I've been trying to keep up with him, you know, since we talked to him. I don't know. I don't even know what episode number that was, but um, forty-one, I think. And now 41. we're on seventy-five. Yep. So. Yeah, 30 weeks ago, 35 weeks ago, but um, that was cool, man. Like, after we got to talk to him that, that time, and I ran into him out in Salt Lake City last winter and got to meet him and, you know, just have a conversation in person. And, you know, he's he's as good a dude in person as he is on the phone, I'll tell you. So it's, it's just cool to have somebody that's willing to come back on and just kind of, you know, have a familiar face, you know, back on the show and a familiar voice talking about, you know, a different a different season. For sure. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. He is just a cool guy to talk to. He just, he, He's like any one of the guys you're at deer camp just bullshitting, and he's he's fun to talk to. I mean, he's always yeah. upbeat, laughing, you know, and he's, he's got a wealth of knowledge as well. Yeah, and he's just go-with-the-flow kind of guy, you know, like no no stress, no pressure, just doing his thing, man. It's Man, that's obviously working really well for him, so happy for him. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So you briefly, you know, coming up here, you have a mule deer hunt coming up. I mean, quick, like yeah, yeah, like Tuesday, I think, right? Yeah. So here we are, uh, Friday night, August 9th, and we're recording tonight. And I'm leaving on Tuesday, so 
by the time this goes out, you know, it'll go out on Monday, and I'll be leaving the next day. So um, I'll be on the road by the time people are listening to this for the most part. Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> I think so. Um, short of, you know, wishing I was shooting better, but uh, I got all my gear. I've got everything, you know, kind of planned out. I got to do the, the classic gear dump still, so I got the weekend for that. But I uh, I got Mama Dukes here visiting from Virginia for the weekend, and uh, going to spend some time with her. We got the state fair going on, so a little busy here, but, you know, putting the family time in and uh, going to do my, my practice pack probably Sunday afternoon after she leaves and um, just... Just get ready to go, man. Just start packing the Bronx box and load the truck up. I mean, there's nothing else I can do at this point. <laughs> I know it's here. It's yeah. the fall is basically here. <laughs> yeah, it's August ninth. It, it kind of hit me. The fall's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of hit me this week. I'm like, man, I better get my garment set up on my bow. And actually, yeah. now that we mention it. Uh, big news today. Now I can say what bow I'm shooting. So we're shooting Matthews from now on. So. Yeah, man. Welcome Finally the let the cat out of that bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I've had this bow for a couple months now and it's just been something I shouldn't say a couple months. It's been a month or a month and a half or so and um I'm shooting the verdicts and uh got my new platinum ABBs on there and yep. Shooting uh, Easton five millimeter, like I told you, the told everybody before, built those yep. arrows five millimeter axis three forties. Yep, actually paper tuned them today. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And I'm starting to realize too that Matthews is liking a a uh, lighter spined arrow. Um, when you get into the paper tune process, it's my bow in particular likes uh, like a you know a lighter spined arrow. So it's it's shooting great right now. Um, I actually got my Garmin sighted in from 20 to 30 today, so I got to get the rest of those set up, and I'm I'm ready, man. Iowa's, Iowa's coming quick, and Kansas is coming even quicker, and I'm getting yeah. trail cam pictures, and there's some giants down there right now, so I'm yeah. excited to get down there. Yeah, they're showing their face now. It's, you know, it's arguably, you know, you're, you're it's arguable, but you're going to see probably more big bucks in the next 10 days here in Iowa than you might even see during the rut in November. Like they're I believe they're it. not bashful at all about getting out in those bean fields right now uh, as they finish that growing process and I know you mentioned that one of the pictures you got there was one that was starting to strip velvet already. Yeah, it was weird. It was on his G2 3 it was on his G4. I don't know like I said I was telling you I don't know if he nicked it on something or whatever but kind of the inside of his G4 on the right side it, it's I mean, you can tell it's stripping velvet. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, man, that's that's early, and that's I don't know when the picture was taken. I can't remember. Chad was sending them to me, but um, it is you know the ninth, like you said, of August, and I, like I said, I don't know if some, like a bug's getting in there or, yeah. or what it is, but he's uh, yeah. he's stripping it. So yeah, it could be anything at this point, but as long as it's not broken, <laughs> that's all that matters right now. That's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a good deer. I mean, he's mid fifties right now, so nice. <laughs> just really don't nice. lose any inches on there. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's... well, cool. I say we get over to this interview with Joel. I mean, today we're just going to briefly talk. I mean, it's kind of a BS session, but there is some good talking points in here. We talk about 
you know, shooting form and, and target panic and fitness and for, you know, for hunts in general and yep. and what hunts he's got coming up. And he's got a pretty cool hunt coming up with his dad. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was and, neat. Yeah, it's uh, so. I, I want to point out one thing that uh, Joel is also an ABB shooter. So it's uh, kind of the ABB trifecta here in this in this uh, episode. But if anybody is still in need of a string, uh, check out americasbestbowstrings.com and click on that shop tab up at the top because there is a ton of super discounted strings in there right now. For the, the premium, the platinum, and the Pursuit series, like if somebody orders one and it's for the wrong bow or the color's off or something, um, Bryant went on Instagram the other day talking about there's a surplus of discounted strings right now. So uh, you kind of got to take your chances. Go shop on there and see if there's one that fits your bow. But if there is, it's a really good opportunity to get one at a really good price. Yeah, and those there's nothing wrong with those strings either. They're no. not like they're used strings. There could be overstock strings or you know strings that were ordered too many of from a from a shop or a dealer or something like yeah. that. They're just basically overstock strings that they need to to move so like you know justin said and and brian on on ig go over there and look at it and you might get like a a verdicts that has the colors you want or maybe it isn't the colors you want but you need a new string and it's cheaper so i mean go over there and yeah and, and snag one of those up that was, it, that, that'd be a even, good thing yeah for sure and even if you want to just go for the gusto uh speaking of whitetail fit they have a whitetail fit signature series string and from what I hear, it's been the most popular selling string that he's had this summer. Yeah, and they're good-looking strings. I think they're, what, yep. a flow orange and gunmetal gray? Is that what that is? Yep, and I think there's some white in there with it, orange, gray, and white. Yeah, it's a, it's yep. a real slick-looking string. Yeah, so it's here, like we said. So you need something, go check it out. For sure. Lastly, so nobody's confused here, uh, this is actually episode... 74 of the podcast but i'm calling it episode 75 because for some reason in the itunes when you look at an itunes like last week's episode says episode 73 but itunes thinks it's episode 74 i know this is probably really confusing to everybody but i don't want you to think that we're skipping episode or you missed it this is actually episode 74 but i'm calling it 75 from here on out so it's episode 75 going forward so i don't want anybody to think that they missed one it's just there was some confusion i got some dms about you know did we miss an episode no you didn't miss an episode so i'm just it's looking like we're gonna skip one but we're going forward with it right here so hopefully that makes sense we're just conforming uh, to itunes (laughs) yes exactly all right just uh just doing that so all right let's kick it over this interview with joel and uh take it from there Already on the phone with us today is returning guest, Venison Gaines himself, Joel Burnham. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, man, not a whole lot. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Doing oh, good. Doing good. You're Just, good. We're getting close to season, man, and I know oh, you're, <laughs> you and Justin are going to be heading out here. Well, not together, but you know, you guys are going on a, a meal deer hunt soon, and I'm, I'm jealous because you're going to be getting on bucks before I get to. <laughs> dude that's that's the best part of it is like it, it gets to extend my season because the western states open up earlier than so whitetail here in nebraska opens up september 1st uh, which is pretty early for a whitetail season so I, i'm like super stoked about that but 
when I get to go out and hunt mule deer in Utah a little bit earlier there in August, it just extending the season is always a good thing. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I was looking back on the bear hunt because, again, like you were out in Montana, and I, I think I followed you a week afterwards, and that was only the first week of June. So it was like I only had to get through July, well, all of June, and then July and August, and you look back, and it's like, oh, I just I only had three months off. That's kind of nice. Like I'm ready to get back out there. That's a funny thing. I'd never, I'd never actually, uh, this was my first bear hunt this year, this spring. And, uh, I'd never done that, but man, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a annual thing from here on out. That's no doubt. Cause uh-huh. it's actually, a, I mean, the way we hunted them, you know, spot and stock and stuff out there in Montana, it's, it's, it's like a big physical, like mountain hunt during the spring. Like during the only other thing going on is turkey hunting, you know? So yeah. Um, kind of cool to have a big Western hunt like that. Yeah, same here, man. I did like 20, I think I said 23 or 25 miles in three days. And then yeah. I killed the bear a mile mile from my truck on the last day. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that goes, huh? Yeah, it is what it is. I'll take it. It's all about the journey, though, right, boys? I mean, that's what we're after anyway. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And you know what? That's that's the cool thing is um, it, it was funny. I went out to um, – the Western Hunt Expo uh, in February, and I, I honestly, I wasn't even planning on doing a bear hunt at all, like in any way, shape, or form. But I go out to the Western Hunt Expo, and I got a good, my good buddy Chandler Bateman out there. Uh, it's who I was staying with, and um, he had a buddy Tyson Olson from Montana, and uh, he's like, "Hey man, I want you to meet my buddy. He's coming down for the Western Hunt Expo. We'll just go out and get some breakfast or whatever, and uh, just talk hunting." Sweet. Cool. I'm down with it. I'm always good for talking hunting. So went out, got some breakfast and, uh, we just got to talking and, and, you know, I didn't, I no clue who Tyson was, just knew he was a buddy of Chandler. So got to talking and ended up on the subject of bear hunting. And, uh, I was like, man, I would love to go bear hunting, but I said, the way I'd like to do it, I'd like to do it, uh, spot and stock, you know, um, nothing against the tree stand hunting kind of thing at all whatsoever. Uh, just, I don't know. I just hadn't had a huge interest in it, I guess. So I just wanted to do it spot and stock. And, and he's like, man, why don't you come out to Montana? And like I say, dude, I don't, I don't know Tyson from anyone. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, and, uh, it's just, I mean, obviously y'all know there's a ton of public land out in Montana and, uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. So we just kind of put it together, started talking about it, and right there at the breakfast table, I'd known Tyson about 45 minutes, and we all shook over. It's like, all right, we're going to Montana on a bear hunt this spring, you know? And sure enough, got a group text going, got it all together. You know, it's an over-the-counter tag. I just got my tag at Walmart and uh, linked up and had an absolute epic hunt. So now we're like best buddies. <laughs> I, knew, I knew Tyson for 45 minutes ahead of time, and now I feel like he's a brother, you know what I mean? Well, that's the cool thing about hunting, though, you know. I mean, you meet a guy or gal through, you know, a, a friend, a mutual friend, and then you, you know, you just have this bond through hunting and being an adventurous, and you're just, like, best friends now, like you said. That's that's the cool thing about it. Right, exactly, dude. I, I literally, I remember I, when I shot my bear, because <laughs> Tyson was, like, behind me glassing and everything and just kind of, like, I never, I don't, I don't. I didn't know a whole lot about like bear behavior and stuff like that. And definitely in the moment when, you know, adrenaline spike and stuff, Tyson was kind of talking me through it. And 
and uh, shot the bear or whatever. I remember I turned around and I'm like, you know, we're brothers now, right? And he just started laughing and it's like, gave him a hug, you know, and it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, you go through and like uh, Justin was saying, it was a, we went through kind of the same thing, just hard, hard miles and not seeing a lot of bears and stuff and then ended up uh, dropping down into some lower country and that's where I ended up killing the bear. But yeah, it's when that's you go sweet. through that kind of stuff with someone else, it's like you're, you're all enduring the suck you know yeah y'all know what it's like so when it all comes together it's just like icing on the cake i have a question for you to start this off here so now we're in august here and you guys got a hunt coming up and you know the fall is coming up and justin and i were just talking before we started recording about how i got my bow out certain shooting and i'm you know i can tell i'm weak i haven't been shooting like i should what is your like shooting regimen right now through the summer to kind of keep your you know, keep your muscle memory up and, you know, keep your form good and and make sure you're not tired, your arms and everything. Right. Right. So, um, typically, you know, I'm, I I shoot my bow year round, no matter what. Um, and that's just something I've always done just because I really enjoy archery, even outside of bow hunting. Um, I enjoy doing like 3d shoots and stuff like that. So I'm constantly just shooting my bow anyway. So that, that in itself, I think, is about the best thing you possibly can do to keep up, um, you know, the muscle memory and the stamina in your arms and everything. Just being able to, um, I guess, have that at your disposal is just shoot all year round. Um, that's what I do. I definitely don't shoot every day, but leading up to season, I try to shoot, I mean, four or five times a week for sure. Um, right. Because if I get complacent with it, you know, it's just like anything else. It's you, uh, you get complacent with something and then all of a sudden you pick up your bow and you're like, man, I, I knew I was a better shot than that. Like what the heck's going on? You know, it's like, well, right. Your muscle memory's breaking down, you know, maybe you're starting to develop a little bit of target, target panic or anything like that. So, um, to keep the target panic down and, and to keep your muscles in shape is my best advice is shoot all year round. So you're shooting all year round, which is a great thing to do if you have the time. And well, I shouldn't even say time. You can make time. You know what I mean? Right. But like when you live in those states that have, you know, winter and everything, are you shooting outside? Are you trying to find something inside? Like down in my basement here, I can get about nine yards. I mean, is that good enough? Is that what you're doing? Oh, yeah. How does that work? Oh, yeah. So um, we're fortunate enough here in Lincoln, we've got a it's it's called prairie bowman uh it's just an archery range here in lincoln nebraska and um they've got a a decent indoor range and i go and shoot that all the time during the winter you stretch out to about 30 yards in there but um when i don't have time to make it down to the range just like you're saying i mean i literally (laughs) i shoot into my kitchen (laughs) nobody else oh really yeah i mean nobody's like living here i don't have any dogs running around or nothing like that but if i miss and hit a cabinet well that's my fault you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I just set a block target in the kitchen and, um, I can step into a living room and get about 10 yards and, uh, just crush reps. That's the biggest thing is just, um, you know, hitting your anchor point and pulling through and just making the shots happen. And it doesn't necessarily have to be at, you know, a long distance or a long yardage or anything like that. But like you said, just keeping the muscle memory up and repetition is the biggest thing. For sure. I mean, those are great tips because before we got on the call here, I was down here blind bailing at like two yards just to mm-hmm. get the feeling back in my arms and, and, you know, just get close and close your eyes and just let, 
you know, let the release go off. And that's what I'm trying to get back in my head. And I think I'm going to start doing that every night, you know, at least down here, do 30 arrows or something in the basement when it's late and I get home and just, just go do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, it helps out a lot. I can tell. And doing that, you know, I think you can make strides quicker as well. And, you know, sometimes for some people I know, it does become a chore where like, Oh, I got to go pull the target out. Got to go put it in the backyard mm-hmm. and it's going to be like, shoot on flat ground. It's like spruce it up a little bit. I mean, shoot from the shed uh, top of the shed or the house or something, you mm-hmm. know, or go downstairs and shut your eyes and try to hit the target. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one thing I'll also do is, um, so I, I, I'm always like working on my release. Just, I, I shoot pretty strict back tension. Um, it's just kind of the, maybe it's just the target side of me or whatever, but I, over the years I've just grown to really, really like shooting back tension and um, it's helped me be a better archer for sure. And completely got rid of my target panic. Uh, I had about, Oh, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I was getting ready to go out on a antelope hunt. And right before the hunt, I was shooting a a finger trigger style release. And right before the hunt, I'm talking like days before the hunt, I got super, super bad target panic and was locking low on the target and uh literally like two days before the hunt i completely broke down like switched over to a thumb release and just started like researching everything i could about target panic what was the cause what's going on and uh pretty much got it figured out and then i went and shot a goat at like 70 yards (laughs) it was like money so i was like well i'm shooting back tension from here on out (laughs) (laughs) So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's been probably four years ago. I think it's 2015. So but yeah. And you're, and you're researching ba- and, and target panic. What did you find that were some, some major causes of target panic? So, um, have you guys ever heard, heard of Joel Turner? Yep. Um, so that, that guy, like if anybody's, I've never taken his course or anything like that, but, um, I'm pretty good friends with Josh Bomar and he took his, he took, joel's course and went through it and and he right i need to go do it he recommended it to me just to learn more about it but joel turner's got a really really good um i guess program set up to kind of help people cure themselves of target panic basically what's going on is like your mind doesn't want to you're anticipating the explosion of the bow if you will and naturally we don't react very well to the explosion of something so like your mind is basically like tweaking milliseconds before the shot and you're either correcting yourself like your pins you're not allowing your pin to float you're letting it lock low and then right at the last second you're jumping that pin up into the target and slamming the trigger and you're just throwing your shot like way off um you need to be able to allow your mind to let that pin float and be okay with it floating and just pull through pull through and just just focus on your release, focus on the shot going off. Um, and just don't let that explosion like stop the process. Um, that's the biggest thing, I guess, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does. Because I get times where I do that, where, you know, you pull back and you're holding and holding and holding your breath. And it's like, okay, I'm getting shorter breath, shorter breath, find the target, find, you know, find the dot, find the dot, let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's easy to get into that. Now, do you have like a, a, a shot sequence you know, you go through your head, talk to yourself or, you know, is it just second nature? I mean, do you have like, you know, little keywords that you say to yourself when you're, when you're in full draw? 
Um, they, I don't know if I've got keywords per se, but I will find myself every once in a while, like thinking in my head, if I'm in a high stress situation, I definitely do. Like if I know that I'm like, all right, my heart rate's going, adrenaline's packed right now. I need to make this shot. And basically I'll just pull back. I'll get into my anchor like I normally would. And if I feel like I'm just like my heart's pumping through my chest and I need to slow down, I'll make it a mental point to like take, take my thumb completely off the trigger and think through the process and be like, all right, chill. You're good. Get in your shot. You don't miss. I kind of just say, you don't miss. You don't miss. I always miss. Right. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a, <laughs> it's not like I don't miss, but when you put yourself in that mental, I shouldn't say always, but when you put yourself in that mental state of you don't miss, you're telling yourself you will make this shot because you have to. You know? Right, and it's almost like you're slowing the game down. Yep. You know, like an NFL player coming into, like a rookie coming into the NFL for the first game, and it's like you got to slow that game down for it to to come naturally again. You right. know, so I could definitely see that, and that's what I'm trying to figure out right now too. Is just kind of have a couple words or something, or just a shot sequence that you over and over repeat just to get in that form and then it becomes second nature and then you know everything just takes over from there yeah and another thing you were talking about uh you're blank bailing that's a really really good thing yep. to do is either just take your sight off your bow and like don't focus on the sight don't focus on the point that you're aiming at just focus on the process and um get into your anchor point pull through let the shot go off without like actually focusing on like a spot per se um, the other thing I like to do, like at work, if I know I'm not going to be able to shoot that day, whatever, I'll bring a piece of D loop material and I'll just tie it off to my draw length, which is 27 inches. And I'll bring my release with me and on lunch break or just taking a break or whatever, I'll just pull that little piece of D loop material out of my pocket, hook my release on it, pull it up to my face. You know, I just keep that piece of D loop material right on my, on my bow hand palm and just push it out like you would a bow. And, uh, That's a good idea. Let it let it release. Let the release go off. Obviously, you're not shooting an arrow; it's just a piece of string. But it allows you to go through the mental process of letting the shot break, and and executing. I guess so. It's just a like I say, if you know you're not going to be able to shoot that day, just a good way to keep the repetition going. For sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it is. Justin, do you have anything like that that you go through any any mental notes or any shot sequence that you like to rattle off in your head? Um not not that I've really developed yet, but I have been able to identify that uh I, I don't know if it's target panic or how you want to define it, but I'm always consistently low. Like like Joel, you just said you found yourself locking in low on a target and then, you know, you'd kind of jump at that last second. And uh I don't know if I'm jumping like that, but for some reason I am finding myself locked in lower than I want to be nine times out of 10. Like I group really well, even back to like 50 yards, but nine times out of 10, that, that group is going to be two to three inches low. And the only, the only thing I've come up with so far that has helped me start to, you know, to remedy that is when I when I come down on an animal, like when I get my pins out there, like I'm at full draw and I'm settling the pin back, I tend to want to come up on the target instead of down, mainly just because like I'm too afraid of like dropping in on it and then going past or trying to like, you know, release the shot prematurely before I'm actually settled. So 
I kind of told myself, well, just go up from the bottom, you know, and fight gravity and then get it to where you want, try to hold it there and then go through your release process. And I think I just started getting lazy in that process and I stopped trying to float the pin. I just settled first close enough and then I touch it off. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on trying to fix that. I don't know if that's what you'd consider target panic or not, but, um, um it's, it's issue. definitely, it's definitely a form of it. Um, cause I was kind of, that, like I say, that was kind of what I was doing with, uh, before I went on the antelope hunt. Um, yeah. but, uh, one thing I, with, that also really helped me was like, when I'm drawn onto a target or drawing onto an animal, I try to raise the bow up and get my, get my line of sight. Like I'm, I'm focusing and I'm looking on, like I'm picking a spot, you know what I mean? Yeah. On your target, yep. pick a spot on the animal, pick a spot and draw your bow like straight back to your face with the form that you would, you know, shoot with settle into the peep. And hopefully your, your pin should be like, right there on the target just kind of floating around instead of maybe coming right. up or coming down you know what i mean um yeah easier just, said than just done, get I pointed guess, in the general direction yep yep yeah, you don't really have to influence it up or influence it down you're 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 already in the general vicinity by the time you're starting right through your shot yeah and you know I was, i've talked to aaron about this before but uh one thing i did change on my setup this year was my stabilizer and you know, it, it's helped a lot because it's one of those telescoping stabilizers and, you know, you get a little bit more weight forward out in front of the bow and it really allows you to watch that pin settle down. Like it's, it blew my mind how much it, it blew my mind. Like it was a noticeable difference. And like I said, I'm still working on trying to get out of that habit of coming up on the target, but you know, the stabilizer I think is helping in making sure I'm paying attention to that pin floating on that spot you know as opposed to hope there it is send it you know right yeah yeah well you know when it comes to shooting and shooting often like you said you're doing are you when you when you go at full draw on an animal are you looking at the pin or are you looking at the animal where you want it to hit it's always a question that a lot of people ask me and when the first person that asked me i'm like man i really i can't really remember you know, so that's what I like to ask a lot of people. Do you look at that pin or do you look at the animal where you want to hit them? I got a dead beat on the animal. Um, I let the, I let the pin kind of be in my peripheral when I first come to draw. Yep. So I'll let that, I'll, I'll, you know, obviously you see the, the whole housing in your peripheral, right? So when I draw back on the animal, I'm staring at a spot on that animal that I want to hit, um, drawing back, letting that housing be in the general vicinity of where I'm looking at. By the time I'm into my anchor, I can kind of pull my eyesight back to the pin just to make sure my bubble's level, make sure that, you know, everything's right on that end of things. Like, so I'm not super can't, you know, off to one side or the other and the bubble's way off. Right. And then I focus back on the animal. And while I'm focusing back on the animal, the whole time I'm pulling through my shot and just waiting for that release to break and just trying to achieve the surprise release, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yep. and the whole time just letting that pin float right on that spot that I've picked out. And, uh, I mean, nine times out of 10, that shot breaks and it goes where you want it to. It's, it's kind of a crazy thing. Cause like you see the pin floating, you know, like what the heck, like there's no way that arrow is going to hit where it's supposed to hit with that pin just going up and down and left and right and bobbing and weaving. Well, when you're pulling through your shot, the shot breaks, it's like, 
oh, the arrow found its mark. You know, it's right because no nobody's yeah. nobody's dead steady. Nobody can actually hold the pin perfectly steady. But when you just when you allow that pin to float and you're okay with pin float, um, just picking that spot and holding that spot is. I mean, that's pretty much what I do anyway. Yeah, I mean the mental game of archery is just it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. mental, and you know it's so easy to get out uh, or get into bad habits rather than get into good habits I feel like and it's so easy to get out of those those good habits and it's just you got to be mentally tough and it's just like fitness you know when you're when you're on a mountain hunt or anything like that or any hunt but you know a tougher hunt maybe out west or in the north country or something it's it's a lot of it's mental Mm -hmm. you know I mean you do have to be in good shape but it's a lot of mental game you know when you get into a hunt you know, you, you do a lot of working out and very healthy and everything. Do you find yourself ever when you're in the mountains, just like, just gassed or just like, man, I'm just tore up right now and, and oh, beat yeah. up. I mean, do you ever find Dude, that I, out? I, I break down all the time. I, I, that's, I, that's the, that's the funny thing. I, I mean, you can be the most in shape dude in the world, like absolute savage. And one time or another, you're going to break down on the mountain. Um, whether it's, whether it's a mental thing where, you know, maybe you got a girlfriend back home or whatever, she's dealing with something, you're not there. You got, you know, wife, kids, whatever you're thinking about something. A lot of guys will talk themselves off of the mountain and, um, you know, maybe they got seven or eight days to hunt and they've talked themselves off the mountain at day five. Um, that's kind of like the mental side of things where you just have to be able to push through adversity and, and, and don't let yourself talk yourself off the mountain. Um, the physical side of things, the only times I really break down physical side is when I'm so involved in the hunt that I forget to eat or I forget to drink the adequate amount of yep. <laughs> like when I, when my nutrition is pulled away from me because I'm so headstrong that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go get this stock on. I'm going to get way up high into the basin and be there before light and all this stuff. And I forget to eat breakfast because I woke up late, whatever that's like I can't allow myself to do that because that's when I'll break down nutrition is the biggest thing for me on the mountain like physically I feel like I'm in pretty good shape physically and and can take on a lot of stuff but um like my my uh if I'm not drinking enough water my quads will lock up you know what I mean heavy packs and stuff like that if I'm not drinking water I'll lock up I think that's just kind of like the nature of the human body yeah, and that's the thing. Like the body can only take so much, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 from being not on the mountain, you know, all year round, you're using muscles that, you know, might be used a little differently than just lifting or working out. You right. know, and those things are just like, ho, ho, what's going on? You know, it's so I could I could definitely see that. And I think we talked about it before. Like a lot of the mountain hunts I've been on, honestly, I've you know did some running before, but nothing like too strenuous. Not gonna lie, but uh, I'm about 180 pounds and about five foot 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually the first day is the toughest for me. And then after that, I, I do really well. Like I, I, I kind of get my legs from under, you know, I get my legs underneath me and, and just go, you know, and it's, I've always, I've always thought myself as pretty mentally strong, especially when it comes to a mountain thing. And, you know, a lot of times we're in the North country where it's like, you know, you're, 
your couple hour plane ride, bush plane ride from civilization. So, so you got to be on point, you know, mm-hmm. you got to take every step, you know, calculated and make sure you're good. And I don't know if it's just the environment I'm in and it's just like, you just got to think through things more, but I don't know. It, it, I never really have struggled. I mean, there's been times where it's like, man, I do not want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's like, you got to pack out a sheep for the next five miles and it's like up and down, up and down. It's like, I don't want to do this. But then when you get done with it, you're like, man, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Really, you know, I want to go back. So yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of so, fitness, like I want to touch on something, Joel, like I've been seeing your Instagram stories, you know, lately and I've followed you ever since we, we met back in the winter we had you on you know the podcast then but um i've seen lately you've been at some crossfit center maybe uh i see some like some astroturf or something in there and uh you've got a workout program going where you're you're doing burpees and you're you know you're just you're doing you're doing your your regular workout but then you've got a, a target set up inside so you're you're pumping it out and then you're grabbing your bow and taking shots out of breath like what's that about yeah yeah so um so a big thing with like my brand and stuff like i've always wanted to promote fitness in the hunting industry just because it's helped me you know it's not necessarily like you don't by no means will i ever promote like you have to work out in order to be a good hunter and stuff like no no way dude there's like i think i even said this in the earlier podcast like there there's dudes that are you know five foot six and 210 pounds that could probably out hunt me but you know it's just i'm not that kind of person and i know a lot of people aren't you know what i mean there's a there's a huge huge benefit to fitness when it comes to hunting um and bow hunting specifically uh so anyway um i've had a ton of questions from some of my following that's like hey what's your workout regimen what do you do what's your nutrition what you know what is, do you have a program or something that I can follow? What, what are you doing? You know? And I've always wanted to be able to offer a program for somebody that is hunting specific. Like all of the movements are actually hunting specific. Um, yep. so anyway, I linked up with my buddy Cody, uh, about the same time. Um, I went on my bear hunt. He was also in Montana on another bear hunt with some of his friends. And, uh, we got to talking and it was like, man, that was a crazy hunt, fun hunt, you know? And I was like, we need to, we need to talk. Cause like I, I want, he wanted to get something together. I wanted to get something together. A little background on my buddy. Um, he's a strength and conditioning coach and, uh, he trains a couple of guys, even major league guys. Um, and he's got like a, he, I can't remember what the name of the guy was, but he's got a UFC find, fighter under contract. So he does a lot of like high level strength and conditioning for sports you know, like high level sport to athletes. And, um, so anyway, but he's a big bow hunter too. And, uh, so we got to talking and stuff and I'm like, dude, I want to be able to come out with some programs. He wants to be able to come out with some programs. He's got his own business called Kratos and, uh, they got two gyms here in Lincoln. And, uh, so we just linked up and, and started talking about like what we could put together for programs and what we could do and all that started kind of hashing it out, doing the workouts ourselves and uh dude it's like game changing like the kind of like <laughs> this guy just has a lot of uh like i say he trains really high level athletes and he's got a lot of knowledge in 
how the body works and different movements and what's going to activate different things. And, and, uh, so anyway, we just developed, we're basically developing three different workouts, one that you can kind of do at home. Um, and then in advanced and kind of like an intro to hunting, uh, platform. So three different workouts that people can kind of get a hold of and just be able to work on throughout the season or even preseason getting ready for the hunts and stuff. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's one of them things. It's like hunting has its own movements that aren't necessarily like any other sport. Um, you know, if you're going over deadfall timber and stuff like that and you're tripping and stumbling, you need to be able to have that like fast reaction to be able to catch yourself. You got a heavy pack on and stuff. You're going uphill you'd be able to train your quads, man. They're going to give out if you're not, if you're not really giving your quads the kind of training that it needs. I mean, like, I mean, you guys know, you've been on some of those crazy hunts where it's just like, it, it might, it might benefit to have a little bit of training. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. but yeah, the one, that video you probably seen was like, we do, uh, we did, a. this was basically when we were developing the high intensity, uh, kind of the advanced program. And in the advanced program, there's a one where you basically you hit the assault bike. You do like five different movements, um, high intensity movements, hit the assault bike until you're about gassed then pick up your bow and you got to make three shots and make them count like at 20 yards. So high, you know, your, your heart rates up, your adrenaline's pumped and you still got to make those kill shots. So it's fun. It's definitely fun. It's something we're going to be able to offer to people. Hopefully about mid-September. We're just kind of working out the fine details of it, but yeah. That's sweet. Is a a lot of that like free weight stuff or a lot of stuff, you know, you said one program will be for people to do possibly at home. Right. Like what what will that entail if you can kind of give like a 30,000 foot view? Right. So the in-home workouts, we're going to kind of just, we're going to suggest different things that people could buy, like even off of Amazon, like, um, like a heavy band, a medium band. Uh, maybe just a generic set of dumbbells, something like that. And even not, even if you don't have dumbbells, you can use something else at home that's got a little weight to it. But basically, a lot of body movements, a lot of high-intensity training, uh, a lot of band work, um, stuff like that that you can do at home. The other uh, two programs will be like, if you have an in-home gym, it'll definitely work. Um, otherwise, if you have a gym membership, something just anywhere, um, that'd be the best, you know what I mean? For sure. And that's, what's cool. Like a lot of people are trying to look for that. You know, a lot of people don't have time to go to the gym or, you know, going to a gym too, for a lot of people can be very intimidating. So it's like, they'd rather do it in the confines of their own home, mm-hmm. you know, late at night. And after the kids went to bed or something, or who knows what it is, but something to do at home with conveniences is, is very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, do you think that you're ready for your meal deer hunt coming up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. You know, every year I feel like I'm in like bulletproof, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's done. We're good. We're, you know, I'm ready to hit it. And then, like you said, just about every, cause I'm a, I'm a flatlander. I live in Nebraska. So when I go up to Utah, we're hunting 10, 11,000 feet. So the first day I'm typically just getting acclimated to it. Um, but the nice thing about this year is I'll be going out to Idaho. So I'm making like a 16 day, uh, loop, which is pretty sweet. It's going to be fun, but, um, basically going up to Idaho first and scouting and, um, just hunting with a friend out there that she's got an antelope tag 
So I'll be up there for like three or four days before I drop down to Utah. Well, some of the spots that we're scouting and she's going to, she wants to swap out some cards on trail cameras and stuff for elk. It'll be up nine, 10,000 feet. So, um, I'll kind of already be acclimated, I guess, to the high elevation by the time I come through Utah for my mule deer hunt, which will be a lot better this year. Cause like, like I say, I'll just, I'll be jumping right into Utah already acclimated. Right. Yeah. That is nice. helpful. Yeah. So I'm feeling good about it. I definitely, like I say, every year you feel really good about it and you get up there and it's, it's the high country. I mean, it's always, always a pretty rough hunt physically, but, um, yeah, I, I feel good about it. I don't think I'm going to have any issues. Are you going to be camping throughout the hunt or are you guys going to be coming back down every day? Yep. No, nope. we'll, we'll pack all our, we'll pack all our water, pack our tents, everything, and we'll go straight up and we won't come down until we either kill or it's, uh, well, we're going to do a couple different things. If we kill early, we'll drop down and we'll come back through Nebraska and hunt antelope and mule deer in Nebraska on the way back through. So like the Western portion yep. of the state. Um, Otherwise, we're going to try to stay up at deer camp like seven or eight days and drop down and still try to get about three days of antelope hunting on the way back. Awesome. So, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be packing everything up there and all our food, water, everything, tank gear, everything will be up there. That's the way to do it, man. You just kind of you get in tune with everything going on, and I think it really helps contribute to the success of the hunt if you can just commit to you know, being part of the mountain for that time frame instead of trying to just go up there for an afternoon or a morning hunt, you know, and get back down. But when you're, when you're doing that, you're exerting a lot of energy trying to get up and down. Oh, yeah. Cause basically where we're going, uh, it's about a four and a half mile hike to get up to where we're going to be camping. And then from there we split off from camp camps about 10,000 feet and we'll hunt everywhere from 10,000 to 11,000 in the high basins. So, Nice. When you, yep. If you're doing that every day and coming up there every day, I mean, you're going to be burned out quick. Yeah. You know, and you're not going to have as efficient of a hunt, I would say, as if you just brought your stuff up there the first day. Embrace the suck of getting all your stuff up there. <laughs> yeah. You know, set up camp <laughs> so, and yeah. have somewhere to be able to come back and relax to it every day. Yeah. Is uh, <clears throat> I see you've been getting your brother Ethan on the channel a lot. Is he going to be going with you? Uh, no, no, he's, he's working. He's building decks. I don't know how uh, happy his boss would be with him taking 16 days off. <laughs> yeah. He's, my, my, you know he's a funny guy, man. Been, I was going to say my boss has been super, super good about time off and stuff. As long as I put it in early enough, we're good. But yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, Your brother, that's... dude, I've been following him. He's a yep. character. We need to get <laughs> him on here. I love watching his stories, man. He just, he, he like, it's like half comedian. You know, he's like half <laughs> he is serious. a comedian. <laughs> he's like half serious, but, but half like completely not serious. Just, just yeah, I love half, it. you know. <laughs> you just can't tell which one he is at the moment. He's like, I know. What are you doing? Was he joking or is he mad right now? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. No, he's a character. He, I think he'd love to get on the podcast sometime for sure. What's yeah. uh what hunts has he got coming up this year? Uh just whitetail. Just local whitetail around here in Nebraska, I think. Um Okay. Uh he hasn't done a whole lot of us believe it or not, Ethan's only been hunting about three years. Um so that's uh, crazy to me. Yeah, isn't that crazy? He's become a pretty dang good archer in three years. Yeah. 
So um, when he first yeah, started shooting you, bows and stuff like that, basically he, he kind of got into hunting around the same time that I had started Whitetail Fit and started the brand and stuff. And he kind of was like, man, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I kind of want to try that. Let's go out on a hunt, whatever. And so he ended up getting a bow, and I kind of coached him a little bit for the first uh, six months to a year with shooting. And then he, like, took it and ran, dude. Like, he started watching everything that John Dudley was putting out with Knock On, just learning everything that he possibly could because he, he just became obsessed with archery. And, dude, he got, he got like, way good, way fast, um, which That's is cool because awesome. he, he kind of was able to start with a clean slate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Without, like, really developing bad ha- – like, dude, I developed – when I first started bow hunting, like, 14 years ago, I didn't know anybody that bow hunted. So I, I didn't know how to shoot. I didn't know anyone to turn to to talk about shooting. YouTube wasn't around to really do much for you. And um, so I started with bad habits. You know what I mean? Like when I started shooting, I shot a compound with fingers and like Walmart broadheads and arrows and nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I didn't know what the heck I was doing. You know, and it, it was like that right. for several years before I was able to actually be like, oh, wait, this is kind of how it's supposed to do, you know, you're supposed to do it. And this is kind of how you tune a bow. And this is, you know, so yeah. him being able to start with a clean slate, dude, he, yeah, he's become a really good archer. Yeah. If you That's get a awesome. chance, throw a bug in his ear and see if he'd want to come on and talk about that right there. I mean, just being kind of a, still a new bow hunter, but still like doing it at a high level now, mm-hmm. you know, so that'd be a pretty cool thing to, to talk about. I'd really enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, getting back to, uh, you know, so you're going on a mule deer hunt here soon, real soon, um, and then possibly an antelope hunt. So what what is in the books after the mule deer hunt then? I mean, no whitetail's coming around, but what's uh, what will be a nec- your next trip? Right, so um, like I say, whitetail starts here in Nebraska September 1st. Um, so getting to jump early on, on the season with the mule deer hunt uh, is awesome. So coming up through Idaho, just doing the scouting with, with my friend and then driving down to Utah, doing the mule deer hunt, coming back through Nebraska and doing, uh, like I say, antelope and mule deer in Nebraska out in the plains on the way back through. And basically I'll be hunting whitetail, um, pretty much the rest of the year. I don't think I have any other plans. If I tag out in Nebraska, I'll be jumping over to Missouri for whitetail. Um, but I won't be going over there unless I tag out in Nebraska. I'm just going to focus all my time here, but, um, kind of cool in October, I'm taking my dad up for father's day. I put this like thing together or whatever that, um, I'm taking him out on his first bow hunt. So, which will be super, super fun. He's, he's never actually had a, a gone on an actual bow hunt where he's had the tag in his pocket and everything. So, um, that's awesome man yeah that it'll be really a ton cool. of fun ton of fun i'm actually there's a little small town in nebraska i'm taking him to where he grew up and uh just so happens there's quite a bit of public land around there so it's gonna that's be fun sweet. man we went out and scouted uh, a couple weekends ago i took him out there and we camped and scouted and and dad hadn't been camping for like 18 years this was like first time he'd been camping in 18 years he took us you know as kids way back when but he hadn't gone for himself after that. So we went out there and we were camping out on the plains and, and scouting and we saw 30 deer and he was having a riot. So I think he's really going to enjoy the hunt. That's awesome. That's that, that kind of gives me chills because now it's like, 
you know, you're teaching him how to hunt when a lot of times, you know, guys like us, like we have a mentor, like a, a father that like right. got us into it. So that's pretty cool to see like you doing that to him. Yeah. That's it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's like, you know, full circle. It's like, it's just cool to, I don't know, just be able to do that, you know? Yeah, For sure. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to film that one or are you just going to kind of take it in? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of talked to him about it. I'm like, you, like, what do you think? Like, do you, do you care if I film? What do you want it? Like, cause I, me, honestly, I'm like, I don't have to film at all whatsoever. Like just take it in. Like I said, just take it in with my yeah. dad and go on a hunt. And I'm kind of back and forth with it. I, I want to, I want to film it just so that I have the memory on film with dad yeah. and being able to bring it back. Cause my grandpa is like my biggest fan. It's so, it's so cool. So like <laughs> being able to bring the video back and showing my, his dad, you know, my grandpa, all the footage and stuff and it's where they all grew up out there um out in western nebraska so being able to show him that stuff will be really really cool so i think i'm gonna film it regardless uh just yeah. to be able to share with the family and stuff so but yeah, definitely awesome take it man. in i mean i'm not gonna be nearly as serious with it if it were you know my hunt but right so what are the prospects looking like this year I know you've been scouting. I uh-huh. see you've been scouting. <laughs> what's the What's the Bucks looking like? <laughs> oh man, good, really good. Um, <laughs> um, you know, last year um, we had a couple studs last year uh, on camera and stuff, but both of them ended up getting killed in rifle season. So neither of them deer back. And when I say studs, like one was one. What did he go? One sixty eight or something, and the other one went like one eighty eight and uh yeah giants and the one that went 188 was a typical so holy cow yeah yeah he's a big and like i i kind of was looking through the record books and stuff like that and if i'd have been able to shoot him with the bow it would it should have been for sure top three but i think it would have been top two in nebraska for a typical Uh, that's crazy man yeah he's a big deer So now this year, are you going to change anything up as far as tactic wise for public land for whitetail or anything? Are you just going to kind of go in? Yeah, a little bit. I I kind of already have changed things up a little bit. So with cameras, um, last year I was really like, I ran 12 or 14 cameras last year, all through the summer and stuff, velvet season. And even into the season, I was still running and checking probably six to eight cameras. And, um, but I had them like, um closer to betting not all the way into betting but closer and i just felt like i was just getting a little too intrusive with just checking cameras like if i was going to get intrusive i wanted to hunt and not just go in just to pull a card you know what i mean so kind of right. later into the season i was definitely just like making it a point to not go in to just check a card like go in and hunt and if you know on your way out check the card but um this year i've set i haven't put any of my cameras on the interior this year i've set all of my cameras on the transitions coming out of vetting like into the big egg fields um transitions going to next property going back into private that kind of thing just fence fence uh fence rows and stuff like that that's where i've got all my cameras this year so it's like easy access for me to go check them and not blow a bunch of deer out so kind of just definitely change things up a little bit there as far as scouting goes and i'm spending a lot more time on fields with glass 
right now, just like watching bean fields and stuff and picked out a bachelor group a couple weeks ago that, um, one of the bucks I knew from last year and there's a new buck that's, uh, big one sixties probably. <laughs> uh, that's big. Perfect. So yeah, uh, big. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's I, sweet. I got to tell you a quick story, Joel. Uh, we did a podcast a I don't know, a few weeks ago. I went over to Wisconsin with my buddy Cooper, who uh, you actually met when we were out in Salt Lake City uh, after oh, yeah. the banquet that night. We talked for a little yep. while, but uh, put a food plot in up at his place. And him and his, him and his dad, there. right? Was that the – Yep. that was Cooper yeah, his and his dad? dad, dad with us. Yeah, yeah, yep. okay. Yep, that was him. And uh, I've been hunting with him for a few years now, and I've never really contributed anything with you know doing the work on the farms and stuff because I, I was living in New York. It was just tough to get out there. But being in Iowa, it's three it's three hours away, and I finally said – I'm going to cough up a food plot this year. So went up there for a weekend and it was like totally off the cuff last minute, nine o'clock on a Friday night, walking through Walmart and tractor supply, trying to piecemeal a food plot together. And I got to tell you, I reached to the top shelf for those $28 Bushnells and uh, it put their cameras to shame because they spent half the day. They spent the, Walmart, like half the, the day. $28 Walmart cameras. <laughs> Dude, it, it worked, and like the cameras that they were putting out, it took them half the day just to get them set up and in range. And like, you got to haul in thirty pounds of D batteries, and I'm just like, "Have fun, boys. <laughs> Have at it." <laughs> I got the the simple, you know, the kiss method here. I'm keep it simple, stupid, and just strap them to the tree. And eight double A's came with an SD card and twenty eight bucks for a camera. Yeah, yeah. For for uh, for reference, if people are wondering, I run. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm so cheap. <laughs> it, when That's it why you and Aaron get along. Well, I'll say this. I, uh, when it comes to certain things, it's like, if, uh, if, if the quality doesn't outweigh the money, like I'm, I'm just going to go with what's a little bit cheaper, a little more affordable. Um, I'm not rolling in dough. You know what I mean? And running 12, yeah. 14 cameras is expensive. So, um, but anyway, I got locked onto these. I just, I, out of the blue, I'm like, dude, 28 bucks for a camera. Walmart sells these cameras. I think they're made by Tasco, and um, they're like 28 dollars. And uh, I just was walking through. I'm like, dang, 28 bucks. That's cheap. I wonder how they work, you know. So I got one, yeah. went and set it out on some public because I'm like, well, 28 bucks if it gets stolen, whatever, you know. And uh, it was like outperforming some of my other cameras that I paid. $180, for. So yep. I'm like, well, all right, I'll try another one. Maybe, you know, cause 28 bucks, surely they're going to break down. Um, I've ran, like I say, 12 or 14 of them. I think I've had one go down and Jeez, I've been around really? for like two years, the same cameras. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. What are you putting them on mainly scrapes or trails? I mean, how's the trigger speed and everything on that? They're awesome, dude. Um, I say, dude, they're like, they're a lot of bang for the buck. Um, they're, uh, like during the summer and stuff like that, velvet, I'll run it over corn and or mineral. Um, here in Nebraska, you got to just pull your bait like 10 days. The bait's got to be pulled like on 10 days prior to season opening. Um, or it's got to be like 200 yards away from where you're hunting or something like that. I just pull it all 10 days prior. Mm -hmm. So, um, but basically, during season yeah i'm running them on scrapes i'm running on trails all that i will say the video mode isn't like 
it does take 720 video, but it's not like amazing video. And I don't, right. I don't think it has audio. I think it's just video. Um, so I, I don't really run video very often anyway, unless it's like dead of like pre-rut, heavy pre-rut, and it's over like a very active scrape. I might turn it on video just to get something cool. Um, but otherwise, I'm just running it on pictures. That's crazy. I would have never thought those cameras would have been worth a darn. Yeah, I didn't yeah, either. <laughs> I didn't either, dude. I like watch a bunch of people are going to go buy them now and they're going to be complete. I was going to say, maybe I'll cut yeah. this out of uh, the podcast so nobody knows about it yeah. and we can go get them all. <laughs> all the Walmarts around the country are just going to be just sold out. Yeah, devastating. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, try them out for yourself, I guess. Like, I, I obviously have no affiliation whatsoever with Hasco. They just work. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's cool. I mean, it's just a like you said, bang for the buck, and it was. How do you say no to twenty eight bucks if it works? You know. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, I've ran, <laughs> the battery life is like legit. Like I've ran a single set of battery. They say they're supposed to last for six months. I've ran them for like nine, ten months, no problem. Wow. Taking a lot of pictures. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. They're, they're, I, guess... I think they're a very like overlooked, underestimated camera. Yeah, I had I had to buy two that were thirty eight bucks just because the twenty eight dollar ones. There was only one left. <laughs> oh dang it! Yeah, I dude. After I, 10, after I realized megapixel. it, oh dude, after I realized it, I went in there. I cleaned out all three WalMarts in town. Yeah. I, went, I went in. I think I ended up with like ten all. cameras. Yeah, I just went in and just I'm like, hey, do you have these cameras? Yeah, do you have any in the back? Yeah, we got a couple. I'll take them. You know, I just I cleaned all three WalMarts out in like a day. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, well, sweet man. I mean, we're coming up on an hour here, and I want to be kind Is of it really? time as well. Gosh, yeah, man, the podcast <laughs> fly, man. Fly, yeah, they really do. Time flies when you're having fun, man. That's right. Well, Joel, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna be a thorn in your side because I, I know you're gonna be close to me in Utah, so uh, I may just try to. Cause try to keep up with you a little bit, you know, send a text and, you know, share some photos with you or whatever. But, oh, yeah, uh, dude, absolutely. On what you guys yeah. are doing and how things are looking for you guys, and I'll do the same. I'm, I'm going out on Tuesday. Um, I got to get out there in time to get some drone footage, and you're not allowed to fly within 48 hours of the season opening, so oh, okay. uh, Wednesday, Wednesday is my last day I could fly out there and get some shots, but I'm going out early. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to camp on my own and scout for three days leading up to it and uh wait for my buddies to get there and hopefully have a game plan and um i i i don't know where you guys are hunting but i know we're, we're going to be close like not on the same face or anything but i know sure are, i was gonna say are you hunting, we're, we're are you hunting the high country or the low country uh i think it's i think it's going to be lower than what you were at but uh yeah day hike type of things like with a base camp yeah same setting cool. uh just south of salt lake there so yeah if we if we drop down or something like that um you know towards the end of the hunt or something we'll have to grab a bite to eat in salt lake yeah definitely if we can link up for sure yeah well cool joel i appreciate you coming on man and doing this again and yeah man you're always a good guest to have on and like i said we'll probably have to get you and your brother on together maybe yeah <laughs> next <dude>. time <laughs> it could get hairy so <laughs> that's all right that's what this podcast needs is a little hairiness. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, I appreciate appreciate y'all having me on, man. 
for sure, man. You have a good evening and have a good rest of your weekend. Yeah, definitely. You guys too. search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.